Welcome in, everybody. It is episode 18 of Four Score the Podcast. Andrew May alongside Rob Jufray with you. Still quarantining, still social distancing. We're on a Skype call for, I believe, the fourth straight episode. Still uh, listening to the public health officials and their guidelines to try to nip this virus in the butt. Still longing for sports to come back, but it looks like there's some progress being made in baseball. Uh, the owners had given a proposal to the players' union to try to get this season underway, so we're going to delve into that one later on. We're going to talk about Scott Boris and what he said as the talking head, basically, for all the players. Uh, a notable Giants player arrested today, DeAndre Baker, the cornerback, uh, for different counts of robbery, along with Seahawks cornerback Quentin Dunbar. So that's a story we're going to get into. But I have to start off with what's pretty much been the burning story all day long. And that's the comments that Blake Snell made last night on his Twitch account. Boy, oh boy, I was chomping at the bit to get on here because I needed to air my grievances with this guy, Rob. So please just bear with me and give me a couple minutes because I, I, I don't even know where to begin. I don't even have any words to describe the optic that Blake Snell has created for himself other than distasteful, tone-deaf, idiotic. I mean, I'm far from a wordsmith when it comes to the English language, but those are just a few words that come to mind right away. So Blake Snell was streaming last night on Twitch. And for those of you who don't know what Twitch is, it's like a streaming platform for video gamers. They stream while they're playing. And Snell is one of the many athletes who streams while they play Call of Duty or Fortnite or, in the case of a lot of baseball players, MLB The Show. But anyway, Snell was streaming last night. And he was talking about the proposal given by the owners to the players' union regarding the logistics to get the 2020 MLB season underway. And he said that he would not play for a reduced salary this season and that there's too much of a health risk. Now, these are some quotes from Snell. Bro, y'all got to understand, too, because y'all going to be like, bro, Blake, play for the love of the game, man. What's wrong with you, bro? Money should not be a thing. Bro, I'm risking my life. What do you mean it should not be a thing? It 100% should be a thing. If I'm going to play, I should be getting the money I signed to be getting paid. I should not be getting half of what I'm getting paid because the season's cut in half on top of a 33% cut of the half that's already there. So I'm really getting like 25%. On top of that, it's getting taxed. So imagine how much I'm actually making to play. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't making And on top of that, so all that money's gone. And now I play risking my life. And and, what, and if I get the Rona, on top of that, if I get the Rona, guess what happens with that? Oh, yeah, that stay, that's in my body forever. That damage is not going to be like the damage that was done to my body. That's going to be there forever. Y'all gotta understand, man, for me to go, for me to take a pay cut is not happening because the risk is through the roof. It's a shorter season, less pay. Like, bro, it's, yeah, man, I gotta, no, I gotta get my money. I'm not playing unless I get mine, okay? And that's just the way it is for me. Like, I'm sorry if you guys think differently, but the risk is way the hell higher and the amount of money I make is way lower. Why would I think about doing that? Like, you know, I'm just, I'm sorry. So, at first glance there, I sort of agree fundamentally with a player wanting his money. I get that, okay? The money that these players signed for is well-earned, and the MLB is a multi-billion dollar industry, and these players provide a product that's highly coveted around the world. So they deserve every penny that they get. But this isn't about that. This is about the fact that his comments about, quote, not playing until I get mine 
it, they're as dumb and as tone deaf and as distasteful as humanly possible. There are 30 million people in the country right now, Rob, who are unemployed. People who are considered non-essential workers have been fired or laid off, some of which are unsure about where they're getting the money to provide their next meal or how they're going to make their next mortgage payment or rent payment. There are small business owners who have been grinding and fighting tooth and nail for years to be able to create a living for themselves who now have been forced to close and file for bankruptcy. There's 80,000 people who have died because of this virus. And you're going to say, I ain't risking getting the Rona unless I get my money. Are, are you for real? Where do we even muster up the cojones to make a statement like that? When the unemployment rate is skyrocketing, it's at a rate that we've never even seen before. If you think there's too much of a health risk to play, then that's fine. I wouldn't disagree with you. If you think that there should be stipulations written into the CBA that players who, you know, participate during these times, they get more adequate health benefits down the road or whatever, that's fine. If you don't want to leave your family during an existential health crisis, that is fine. But for the love of all things holy, do not make this about money. Because people have done the math, and even with the prorated contract that the owners, or the non-prorated contract, I should say, that the owners proposed, and the 50-50 revenue split, and taxes, which, newsflash, Blake Snell, every American pays taxes, you're not the only one. He's looking at a little over a million and a half. That's the money he's taking home. So, cry me a river, Blake Snell, all right? And to be honest, Rob, I'm not necessarily knocking him for wanting his money, because if I was in his shoes, I'd probably want the money, too. It's greed, and, and whether you want to admit it or not, everyone has some form of greed. Everyone possesses greed in some form or fashion. And I would bet that he speaks on behalf of a lot of the players with his statement. I think a lot of the players might agree with him. But in a climate like we're in today, to publicize it in the fashion in which he did, it's, it's absolutely nauseating, to say the least. Nauseating. Shame on Blake Snell for what he said. I can't even get over that he would utter those words in a public setting like that and think it's okay. And he's tried to backpedal since then, and he hasn't done any, any justice to himself for what he's done since the comments were made. Because he texted the Tampa Bay Times afterwards and tried to clarify his statement and basically just reiterated the same damn thing he said on Twitch. What a buffoon. How, how in your right mind can you make comments like that about your money when there's people who are staring at the ceiling up all hours of the night wondering where they're going to get the money to feed their family. And you're worried about getting your money, million and a half dollars to pitch every fifth day. Give me a break. Give me a break. If you don't want to play, then don't play. If you feel like the risk is way higher than the reward, then don't play. But don't make this about money and don't use public health as a shield for you being greedy and wanting your full $10 million, which as I said, these players earn every cent of their contract. He's getting paid $10 million per year. For a former Cy Young Award winner, $10 million a year is a bargain for a small market team like Tampa Bay. So to take a million and a half for that $10 million, I understand it's a pay cut. But these are trying times, and everybody in this country are going through way worse financial situations than Blake Snell is going through right now. You're getting offered 50% of the contracts because 50% of the games are being played. We're not playing a full season. I... I Get it through your head. Read the room. I don't even know how you go about making those comments and thinking that they're okay. I, I, go ahead. Take over because I don't even know where to go from there. Well, here's six words that Blake Snell can stick up his ass. Bro, I am risking my life. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Those okay. are six words he could take and shove up his ass. Because every single time a medical personnel walks into a hospital, I don't care who the hell, what, what capacity you're working there. They are risking their lives every single time they walk there and, and they walk into that hospital. And what are they making, Blake? What are they making? I'll what give you a making? hint, Rob. It's, not a, making, it's not a million bro? and a half. What are they making after taxes, bro? What are they making, bro? Tell us what they're making, bro. That they're not risking their lives, bro. I can't say it enough. This guy's despicable. He is despicable. And if I'm Tampa Bay right now, I tell him, you know what? Stay home, bro. How about doing that? Just stay home. You don't want to risk your life. Fine, you're risking your life. You have a one in $50,000 chance of probably dying. Okay? Those medical people have far more of a higher percentage of dying than you. So let's stop the crap. The NYPD, the FDNY, anybody face face to face with all these COVID patients. It's despicable what this guy did. He's a disgrace to baseball, an utter disgrace to baseball. You don't want to play? Fine. I get your stance. If you think your your health is at risk, I totally get it. Then don't play. Then don't play at all. Don't take the money, Blake, and don't play. Just don't play then. That's all. Very simple. Don't play the game. Nobody's telling you have to play. If you don't play, you don't get paid. Very, very simple. So if you feel like you're, you're, you're not getting what's yours, bro, then you know what? Don't Just don't play. There were players already that are, that are writing letters evidently to the MLB union saying they don't know if they want to risk it with their families. I respect that. I have no problem with that. I mean, he, these are human beings. And and you know what? COVID-19, it, it, it doesn't distinguish exactly, you know, uh, 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 who it wants to attack at, at the worst, at, at, at its worst. You know, you, you've heard people that are healthy without underlying conditions dying from this or suffering and on ventilators for weeks or, or you know, whatever it may be. So, you know, it, it has no boundaries here, this COVID-19. It has none. So I get it. So if you don't want to play, I, I would tell the player, then don't play. Then you don't get paid. What, is it any different than, a, than somebody that owns a restaurant or somebody that owns a store that can't open up and 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 make money for their family, they can't go into work and they're not making money either. What makes you any different? It makes you no different, no different. Where you have 26 million people on the unemployment line right now, you got billionaires and millionaires fighting over what? Over, 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 okay, I understand. You wanna get paid, you wanna get what's yours. All right, these guys are putting themselves out there, they're gonna play the game. If they're gonna play the game, play the game. To me, just don't play it at all. I, I, because this is such a bad look right now at Major League Baseball. If you're going to play the game and you want to play the game, then just play the game and, and come to a compromise with this. And and this leads me to Scott Boris, another despicable person in this whole industry that I cannot stand this guy. I cannot stand him. Let him stay behind his gated communities with his gazillion dollars and his, he's on the Forbes list and everything else. How about you shut up? I understand you represent some of these players, but you know what? You're not representing the players' union. Let Tony Clark deal with this with Rob Manfred and all his executives, you know, that, 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 that have to stay in a meeting room and let them deal with this and let them hash this out. We don't need to hear from Scott Boris. He's another one. Shut up, Scott. All right, another one. You're a piece of garbage coming out saying what you're saying. All oh, the players have done their part. Nobody's done their part. We got far worse problems than what, what than than worrying about millionaires and billionaires fighting over 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 millions of dollars right now. 
Yeah, and you know something? Here's another thing, Andrew. From what I understand, if they don't play another game, the owners have insurance if if none of these games get played in a given season. There's insurance. They probably make money on the insurance by not playing than if they were to play because they're all losing money. And what's going to happen next year when you have none of this revenue stream coming in, when fans can't be at the games, when there's no sponsorships, when there's nothing going on with the TV contracts, who knows what the hell is going on? What's going to happen to the players then? What's going to happen to free agents? What's going to happen? You, you, you think you're going to have guys making 35, 40 million a year and there's not going to be any fans in the games? There's not going to be no sponsorships on the outfield walls, behind the catcher, on the walls, on the uniforms or whatever it may be. When there's no, there's no, uh, um, um, uh, merchandise being sold or anything like that. There's no beer sales. There's no uh, food sales or anything, anything like that. What's going to happen? What exactly is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? You think you're still going to get your full pay? You think you deserve your full pay? No, no. Because people are getting laid off, fired, and furloughed right now because businesses don't have enough money to support them. I got friends of mine that were just that were that were furloughed and laid off and whatever. And anybody feeling bad for them? No, nobody's feeling bad for them. I ain't feeling bad for you people. I ain't feeling bad for athletes right now making millions of dollars because you know what? You have a you have a little bit of a support there. You have a little bit of a of a cushion there with the money that you've made for the most part. I'm not saying rookies or anything, because obviously they haven't. They haven't created their niche yet to make that sort of money. But, you know, 90% of these players are making good enough money where, you know what, they could live for another year or two without having to make the money they were making and not have to worry. Where you have people right now that are basically either on unemployment or basically living a paycheck to paycheck or really don't even have a job. They're, they're destitute. So, you know, just if you're going to play baseball, then hash it out. Hash it out by the weekend. Do not let this linger. And I don't need to see Scott Boris and Blake Snell or any other jerk coming out. It just drives me crazy. It drives me nuts, man. Bro, I am asking, I am risking my life. I, I, I tell you, that churned my stomach on the inside, man. It churned my stomach. It churned it. And I don't want to hear these guys coming out saying how much they love the country now and draping the flag on them. Screw off. These guys are such phonies. It's disgusting. They're a disgrace. Some of them, I'm not going to blame all of them. Not, it's not all like that. But, you know, when you got a guy like Blaise Snell coming out, let me tell you something. That guy needs to be condemned in a worse way right now. In well, the worst you, way. You got to look disgrace. at it this way, too. Look at all these leagues. All these leagues are in the same predicament, except for the NFL. The NFL is a rare case because their season hasn't gotten started yet. So they have a little bit more leeway to try to iron details out as to how to play the season. Basketball, hockey, and baseball. All three of those sports were either in session when the suspensions happened or were passed when the season was supposed to open in baseball's case. Now, we're hearing word from Adam Silver that basketball is confident that they're going to be able to come back and play some form of a playoff bracket. And with the NBA and NHL being in the same predicament, pretty much having to cancel play at the same time, you'd have to think that it's probably going to be something similar between both of those leagues. They're probably moving in lockstep. If they're able to continue and the NFL is relatively unscathed, but baseball isn't played because they couldn't come to an agreement on contract negotiations and money for the love of everything on God's green earth. Do you think this is a bad optic with Blake Snell? How bad of an optic would that be for baseball as a whole if their season isn't played 
just because of money at a time like this. And like I said from the very beginning, Rob, and I know you agree with me, these players deserve the money. I'm not knocking the fact that you want your money. Everybody probably wants their money. I get that. But at a time like this where I just said that there's 30 million people who are unemployed right now, 30 million to argue about millions of dollars right now is just as distasteful as it could possibly get. If you don't want to play, sit your ass down and don't play. Nobody will fault you. And even if you went public with your comments and didn't bring up money, if you just went public with your comments, as Sean Doolittle from the Nationals did the other day on social media, he came forward and said, under the current proposal that the owner gave us, I don't think that baseball is going to happen because I don't think that players are going to agree to it. I certainly won't agree to it because I don't feel safe playing under these conditions. If Blake Snell would have came out and reiterated that and just said, I don't feel safe. I'm not playing. I don't think it's worth it to risk it. I say we just sit out and wait the next year because I don't feel safe. Then there's That's not, fine. I, I, I respect fine. that, Andrew. I respect so that. So do I. So if do you I. don't want to play, I, I understand the fear of it because, again, this, this virus has no boundaries. And it's totally yeah, unknown. I, we listen, don't know everything about it yet. We don't know nothing about it. We don't even know lasting effects damage-wise to your health over the year. Who knows? They don't know nothing about it. So I get it. So you know what? Just don't play then. Don't complain about the money and at the same time say, well, my health is at risk. But if the money's there, then I'm not worried about risking my health. You can't have it both ways here. You can't, you can't have it both ways. You cannot say that you're worried about the, you, you know, you, you're fighting over the money. But if the money's good enough, then I'll play because then I'll risk my health because of the money. Well, wait a second. There's not, there's not enough money in the world for me to risk my health as far as I'm concerned. You could give me a gazillion dollars. I'm not risking my health just because of a gazillion dollars. I'd rather have my health. So now these guys, which way do you want it? So in other words, if they tell you, well, you know what? Just come back. We're going to give you full pay. Well, all of a sudden, you're not going to worry about their health anymore. All of a sudden, you're not going to worry about your health? I mean, come on. It doesn't make sense to me. If you're worried about your health, just don't play. I, I get it. Again, I respect it. I have no problem with that. I would never denounce any any athlete that, that was scared to go back and play. Mitch Marta came out in the NHL today and said, listen, what's going to happen if somebody dies here? You know, and listen, everybody could say, oh, they're young. You know, they have no underlying conditions. Again, this virus has no boundaries. Yes, the percentages are very, very low. Maybe it's one in 20,000, one in 30,000. But still, it's still a chance. It's still there. It's still there. So I understand that. Then just don't play. Don't tell me that if the money's right, I'll go back and risk my life then. I'll go back and risk my health. I'll go back and maybe risk my family's health or whatever it may be, because if it's enough money, then I can go back and risk it. No, that doesn't make sense to me. Again, there's not enough money in this world that I'm going to risk my life for. I'm just not. That's who I am. I, you know, and I would have to think that's who most people are. You know, I like to live on this planet. I love to live. You know, I want to live. <laughs> so there's no money out there that's going to make me risk my health. It's just not. So it's a bad optic for them, man. It, it's such a bad optic. And again, if, if they don't go back and play and they're fighting over money, but if they're fighting because they just don't want to risk their lives and they feel like they don't want to play because of that, that's fine. I have no problem with that. I don't need to see sports where uh, we're risking people's lives, whether because athletes are still human beings too. And not only that, but you also have seniors that are coaches and you know, uh, coordinators or technicians or whatever it may be, 
you know, they're risking themselves too. So then just don't play the game. Just don't play. We'll have to listen. It'll suck, but we'll all have to live with it until next year. And hopefully by next year, we have something here that could fight this virus. That's what we have to hope. But until then, you know, just don't fight over it then. I mean, even the NBA, I know you were saying what Silva had said, but, you know, the NBA also came out today and and, and they made a statement and said, we're going to reevaluate two to four weeks from now. That means to me they have no plan because you already seen Mark Cuban, you know, the, the I think it was the Cleveland Cavaliers actually had some players that, that, you know, Kevin Love was saying it was very strange. It was him and four other guys. They, they, they shot on four different hoops. They had four separate coaches. The coaches were wearing masks and gloves and things like that. And Mark Cuban refused to bring anybody into practice. He says, I'm not going to do it. First of all, you got guys coming in internationally, you know, so who are automatically going to have to be quarantined for 14 days as soon as they come into the country. You know, and not only that, but Mark Cuban said, I'm not putting anybody at risk on my team. I'm not putting any of my coaches, any anybody at risk here. So you could understand that. You have a lot of players out there that we probably even haven't heard from that are very reluctant not to play this game, not to play it. I understand because you're starting to see dramatic numbers here with this virus. And again, it has no boundaries. So, you know... Some guys could be, you know, they want to be like gladiators. I'm going to get on the court. I'm going to get on the ice. I'm going to get on the baseball field. I'm going to play. Nothing could affect me. I'm not scared of it. Okay. But then again, you're going to have, you know, a good percentage of them that feel the opposite way. So, you know, why force anything at this point, man? I've said it. I said it a few weeks ago. I don't want to see anybody losing jobs. I get that whole thing. But at the same point, I don't want to see anybody losing lives either. You know, so to me, you know, golf could come back. Golf's coming back. You're going to start seeing a a skins game. Then you got the uh, the golf tournament with with uh, with Brady, Manning and Tiger and Phil uh, playing. I think that's May 24th. You got NASCAR coming back, but that's all controlled environments. It's it's limited. So that's okay. They're not even going to have caddies there. So uh, they're going to be their own caddies. Basically, those guys. So you can kind of control that environment a little bit, which is fine. You've seen the UFC come in. One guy came in with the COVID and immediately him, his two corner men all tested positive. So the three of them tested positive. Dana White automatically, that was it. The other guys got tested. They were fine. So the UFC went on without fans and it was a great event. But, you know, this other stuff with baseball and everything, you know, again, Andrew, we go back to saying, all right, you could start the season, but there's no guarantee you're going to finish it. And the same thing with football. I mean, football's got some time here. And the only thing we need is time because we need to see what's going to happen with a vaccine. But who knows? You know, come September, Andrew, if there's no vaccine and there's nothing to kind of to kind of thwart this this virus from getting any further into your body, then, you know, football ain't going to be played. It's too much of a contact sport. It's just not going to be played. Right. You know, and the NHL, I don't know if you heard, but they were talking they were talking to NHL that if they do come back, it would just be a playoff format of 24 teams and our Rangers would be involved. But they were talking about planes wearing, wearing full plexiglass masks, basically like what guys would wear if they have broken bones or anything like that. Um, it, there would be no grappling. Uh, there'd be no fighting. There would be, have to be the positioning of the players on a faceoff would have to be a spacing. It, it, it's just, you know... 
there's there's a lot going on there. I mean, there's a lot of things going on that you say, you know what, is this the right thing to do? Is this what we got to do right now just to get sports back? I know it would make people feel good and it would make us feel good selfishly. But again, I'm, I don't want to put athletes at risk either. I don't want to put anybody at risk involved directly from having to go into an arena or having to go into a baseball field or a basketball court. I, I just don't want to see that. I don't want to see it. And you're starting to see that, you know, countries that have reopened are getting hit with this wave again. So we have to be very, very careful, man. I've been saying it all along. And I understand people are like, hey, let's have positive thoughts. And we all try and keep positive thoughts. But at the same time, you also have to keep realistic thoughts, man. You have to keep realistic thoughts. Simple. It's simple. Uh, I mean, we tr- like, I, like you, I think you said it perfectly. We try to maintain a positive outlook. But, you know, you, you also can't be blind to exactly what's going on. And, we, you know, you just mentioned with the NHL, with the positioning of the players on the on the on the ice. I mean, we spoke about the baseball a few weeks back with one of their prior proposals about altering the divisions and having the players sit in the stands instead of the dugout and stuff like that. And we thought that that was crazy. Now you're going to start altering positioning on the ice during the game. I mean, it's just, it's just going way too far to try to get sports back. And I understand wanting to crown a champion, but if those are the measures that you have to go to, to get this thing done, then at a certain point you have to come to the realization that it's just not worth it. And you have to maintain hope that next year is not affected by this because we don't know. I mean, we're hopeful that a vaccine might come by January, but then how, you know, how much that vaccine is distributed and who gets first dip? Because obviously the frontline workers and essential workers and healthcare are going to be the first people to get that vaccine. We don't know the mass distribution of it once it comes. You know, you you also you have to give time. You have to give time for these people to study the vaccine because you don't know if there's any long term effects to it. So, uh, listen. I know that everyone's getting stir crazy. I know that a lot of people are probably tired of sitting in their house and they want to go out and be able to go to the beach or go to a restaurant. People want to see sports. And I get that. The normal life that we live on a day-to-day basis before this pandemic was great. Everybody loves living the normal life that we Americans have the liberty to live. But you have to be realistic that that normal life that we've been accustomed to living probably is not going to be back anytime soon. Anytime soon. No, it's not. And you know what? We have to all be patient. And that's what I'm concerned about. You're hearing about now about the Jersey Shore beaches being opened up for Memorial Day weekend, man. I, I, I just I, I think that's a recipe for disaster, too. I, I think, you know, that they, they were adhering to the to the public that, are, you know, cry. I could understand. We said this once before. I can understand the people that are protesting because they need to open up their businesses. I, I understand that. But you know, because, you know, again, people live in paycheck to paycheck. People, you know, just are not making any money whatsoever. A restaurant owner or a bar owner, you know, uh, the guy that owns the, uh, you know, the, the tailor shop, uh, you know, little tailor shop you could bring your dry cleaning to. Anything like that that aren't open. These businesses that are not able to. And I don't understand why they're not able to open. You can control that environment. I mean, I went by Staples the other day. There was a line. You know, they're allowing a certain amount of people. There's a line, everybody's space. I was in ShopRite this morning. I got there at 7.30 in the morning. You know, I was 10th on the line. Everybody was spaced out. They were letting in people, limited amount of people coming in. I went around. I was in ShopRite for about an hour, shopping around. Nobody was around me. I wasn't around anybody. People avoided me. If you came around somebody, you kind of avoided them, and that was it. You know, so you do what you got to do, you know, uh, to get along right now. But, uh, you know, I, I just I, I'm worried about society just 
um, being so impatient what's going on right now that we're going to start taking steps backwards. And you, that's why I, I'm glad they extended the pause again to June 7th. Well, not officially, but they're going to once the May 15th pause is up and expired. They'll sign another order to extend it to June 7th and, you know, just take it from there. But what's going to happen by June 7th, Andrew? Nothing. There's nothing. Look, here's the bottom line. Me and you started this podcast. Why? We started this because, because we love sports, me and you. We love, the, we love sports. I love the four major sports. I, I like to watch golf, you know, things like But that's being taken away from us. But at the same time, I'm looking at life itself and saying, okay, do I want sports come back so, so we could watch it and me and you could talk about it on our podcast? And of course I do. But at the same time, I wouldn't be so selfish to, to you know, want athletes to risk their lives and their health or their family's health for that matter, just so I could get to talk sports and I could watch sports. It's not right. It's not right. It's not fair. Yeah. It's not right. And I have to say, too, that the product would be affected. And and I, I do want to go over quickly the four major points of this proposal that was given by the owners, because one thing really stands out to me that I do not like. Uh, unfortunately, I don't really think there's another way to do it if you want to continue the season, but there's one thing in particular that I do not like. So in this proposal, it would be an 82-game regional schedule. That I'm all for. You want to try to limit the the amount of miles traveled for all these teams and kind of keep them confined to one general region. I'm cool with that. Universal designated hitter. I am more than okay with that. I've been advocating for that for years now. 30-man active rosters with a 20-player taxi squad Mm -hmm. now this is one thing that you know unfortunately this is what you're going to have to do because god forbid a player tests positive but here's a scenario for you rob let's we're both Mets fans so let's say i bring the mets up for example let's say a guy like jd davis ends up testing positive for covid19 now they already said that they're not going to cancel the season or anything like that for a positive test that player will be removed from the roster and he will be placed in quarantine but if these guys are in a locker room together and they're playing with one another, then that means that somebody else was probably affected. So maybe that means Dom Smith and Michael Conforto are both infected with coronavirus. And the three of them gave it to three other guys in that clubhouse. Before you know it, you have a team just full of taxi squads. So you have the New York Mets led by a guy like Jack Reinheimer, just a, a, a run-of-the-mill minor leaguer that I thought of off the top of my head that the Mets have had on their team. That's or Luis Guillorme is playing. <laughs> Jack Reinheimer and Luis Guillorme of the world are playing to try to win a championship against other teams. It's just, it, it's, it's completely unfair, and it's, and it's silly. They were also going to expand the postseason to 14 teams, and I guess I kind of get that as well, because with less games on the schedule, you're not giving these teams But they were a, doing a, that anyway. That much of a they, time. Were gonna, they, were propo- they were proposed to do that anyway, regardless of whether or not the uh, baseball was shut down. They wanted to do that anyway to add right. the extra team. But you bring up a great point, Andrew. You're right. Yeah, what's going to happen if some? What happens if if the Angels are in contention? You know, uh, sixty games in after, and all of a sudden, God forbid, Mike Trout would to come down with this, and then all of a sudden, other guys are affected. You know, on your team, I, uh, uh, Anthony Rendon or something like that. All of a sudden, now what happens? It, it just takes away from the whole, the whole dynamic of the game, man. It, it, and and these are contingencies you have to think about. And again, yeah, it could be, it could happen to any team. It could happen to any team. But how are you going to have guys sitting in a dugout next to each other? How are you going to have guys in a locker room sharing a locker room? I, I, it's just, there's just so, 
look, once if they get through the whole uh, compromise on the salaries, fine. But after that, th there's got to be another plan in effect of how they're going to, uh, you know, again, I, and I said it, it is Dusty Baker going to be half the manager from a booth? He's 70 years old. Right. Some of these pitching coaches or coaches in general. You know, well, you, brought, you brought up a few episodes ago, Phil Regan, our, the Mets pitching coach from last season. He's not the pitching coach anymore, but he was 82 years old. I mean, what happens if a guy like that is exposed to the virus? He may not have any underlying health conditions, but he's older. And and speaking of, actually, did you see the story that former Mets manager Art Howe is in the ICU with COVID? Yeah, yeah. See, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sad. I, it's sad. It's, but it's my, sad. My, my, my viewpoint on the players thing, the taxi squad thing has changed because it, at when I first heard about it and when I first thought of what would happen if a player was removed from a roster due to contracting the virus, I thought, well, listen, it's not really too unfair because players can get injured too. You know, you, you, you get test, you test positive, you're quarantined for 14 days. It's essentially the same as if you pull your hamstring and you're out for two weeks. But the one thing I didn't take into account is that when you get injured, although we may think so because the injury bug has ravaged the Yankees and Mets in, in recent years, but injuries are not contagious. They're, they're not transmittable amongst people. A virus is. So your whole team could end up being decimated by this thing. And then yeah. you have to field a team full of minor leaguers. It's just, it's not fair. It's not an even playing field. And in a perfect world, no one would contract the virus. But unless you come up with a plan, and I said this before on past episodes too, if you came up with a plan where you had a neutral city or some kind of a dome, and all these players were confined to that one area, and there was nobody from the outside world coming in contact with them, and they weren't leaving to come into contact with anybody else from the outside world. If you were somehow able to come up with a feasible plan to make that work, and everybody was tested, and everybody came back negative, then there is literally zero possibility that anyone contracts the virus, because the virus is not present in this vicinity, and everybody is negative. But I don't know how you can come up with a feasible way to ensure that that is possible. And so being that you can't ensure that these players are not having contact with anyone else, to me, you cannot ensure that no one is going to contract the virus. And I'll tell you something right now, Rob, I would bet any amount of money in the world that if one player contracts it, he's not going to be the only one. No, there's no way you, he's going to be the you know, only they, one. They have that thing that they call shedding, you know, in the beginning of, of the virus, you're shedding. Uh, and it's it's just highly contagious. You know, even now they're talking about it, how, you know, you can get it through through your eyes, into your eyes. So, I mean, I went out to shop right this morning. I wear a plastic face shield. I wear my mask and a plastic face shield I have over my face. So, you know, I'm just trying to protect myself at all, at all costs. As soon as I get home, I wipe down all the products I bought. You know, I'm a little OCD when it comes to that. I strip down all my clothes, everything. You just... You try and take all the precautions now. I, I, you know what's going to happen with these players. I, I'm just—I tell you the truth. You know, there's there's a lot of good guys out there, and and you can't have you know the one the one bad seed like a Blake Snell, you know, uh, um, um, you know, affect all the other you know players that that are good guys out there. So you know, let's not all group them together just because what we heard about Blake Snell today. But uh, you know, I. Again, if I'm a baseball player and I don't feel comfortable playing, just don't take the money. Just tell, listen, you have to understand if these guys don't want to play and they don't want, especially they, they'd have to be away from their families all this time, too. And they don't want to be away from their families. Then so be it. Let it be. That's fine. I have, you know, if half the Met team said Jacob DeGrom and, and Pete Alonzo and all of these guys said, listen, 
we don't want to do this. We're, we're afraid. I, I respect that. I have no problem. I wouldn't yeah, be mad so at anybody. So nobody. I. And, and there's going to be your social media trolls who get on their case. Get, you know, you're know, not going to make everybody happy. Pansies, but. Get pansies, man up. Yeah, all the tough guys on the keyboard. I know. You'd have all those idiots out there like that, too. So, um, you know, listen, again, <laughs> I, I nothing. we're not going to have anything settled with this virus come July if baseball's ready to start up. So, and if it does start up and they do play, I will say a prayer every single day that these guys play, that everybody stays healthy. Because I'd never want to see a guy get sick. Anybody. Guy or girl. Anybody affiliated with a baseball team that works, that has to be around the team maybe somehow, some way, you know, in any way, shape, or form. And, you know, and listen, guys will be guys, Andrew. You know, you got you got 25, 26 guys, in, you know, all around each other, all amongst each other. How are you going to space them out in the locker room? What are you going to do when it, when you're in the locker room? You know, that's that's a that's a tough call. And not only that, you're going to have teams now that's going to have to sanitize these these locker rooms after every single game, after every single practice, right? After every batting practice or whatever it may be. You know, there's going to have to be extraordinary measures going on here. Extraordinary. Can it be done? And for the most part. They're saying that they want to use these teams' home cities. And again, you know, they want to limit the amount of travel. So the one proposal was grouping uh, the AL East and NL East and having them play games against each other so there's not as much travel. But you're, you're still traveling. You're still on planes. You're still going back and forth to different areas. And it, all you need to do is, is touch something or breathe on something. I mean, I know we saw the story a few months back. There was that cruise ship. I forget where it came from or or, you know. I forget all the details, but I just remember that there was a good number of people from that cruise ship who all tested positive when the numbers first started getting pretty insane. It was probably about 30 people who tested positive, and they were swiping and swabbing the inside of the cruise ship for uh, the virus. And, you know, first people were saying that the virus lives on surfaces for three to seven days, and they were swabbing that cruise ship for like three or four weeks after everyone was off that ship, and they were, they were still finding the virus on the ship. So it sticks around. So any surface or anything, it's just it's a headache. It, it's a it's a headache. And I said from the very beginning that I wouldn't want to be Rob Manfred, and and I wouldn't want to be part of these negotiations because it's just a huge headache. And there's too many things to try to sift through to get it right. And I keep saying over and over again, like a broken record, that there is no blueprint. This hasn't happened before. So you you can't go by a set of rules that was used prior to try to get this thing figured out. This is all new. And the details of this whole thing are changing on a daily basis. Let me ask you a question, though, Andrew. These commissioners, they're, they're, they're basically employed by the owners in any right. of these sports. Correct. They're employed by the owners. They work for the owners. Goodell, Silva, Bettman, Manfred. Right. What if more than half of these owners said, we don't want to play these games? We don't want to play. What if 20 of these owners came to him and said, we don't want to play these games? It's not worth it. We, we don't want to do this. And Rob Manfred comes out and makes a statement and says, well, we decided there's just too much involved. There's too much risk. We're not going to play these games. What are these players going to do? Well, they're, they're going to – I think this is the problem, is that the players want the decision to be in their hands. It's not. And sorry. It's, and so, it's listen, not in their sorry, hands. You're employed by somebody. So the players need – you know what? They have their, their protected union, okay? But still, they're still employed by somebody. 
All right, you're still employed. So if the owners come out and say they don't want to play, tough shit. You're not playing. Deal with it. You know what? This is a whole. This is a pandemic going on now. This isn't anything else. We're not locking you guys out for any other reason, but the fact that we just don't feel it's worth the risk health-wise. It's not worth anybody's risk. We're not going to play. All of a sudden, then what are the players going to do? Because I'll tell you the truth. If I'm the owners right now, I go to Manfred and say, we don't want to play. I mean, this is, this is too risky. It's too much involved over here. Then I want to see how the players react. I want to see how they react. Yeah, I don't think anyone like Blake Snell would... would be in agreement with that. If it was someone else's decision to have them not play and he wasn't going to get a dime, I'm sure he would probably have a problem with it. He's such a hypocrite. It's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. Such a hypocrite. I'm not going to risk my life if I'm not going to get full pay. That, that to me, I cannot fathom that. I said it, I said it before and I'll keep reiterating it, Andrew. I I just cannot fathom that. And he's a guy, he makes $7.6 million a year. And who's, he's going to get 33%. Of his money, probably, which would be roughly a little less than three million, two point whatever million. Uh, so you're going to risk your life for that. It doesn't make sense. It does. So if, but if I get my full pay, I'll risk my life. Then I'm okay with that. No, uh, it's it's silliness. It just goes idiotic. to show you. It it's goes idiotic. to show you that he's using the money as a shield to talk about health because nobody in their right mind would say, "Hey," because these are mil- these are millions, right? There's no one in their right mind that would say. Pfft. Two million dollars? No, thank you. Make it seven? Oh, I'm all for it. There's I'm nobody. Go, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can't be that hospital. naive. Go walk into a hospital in a COVID unit. In a COVID unit, when when you see uh, some some medical personnel that are making fifty, sixty thousand a year, having to go in there every single day, risking their lives. Go ahead. Why don't you do that, Blake? Bro, do that. Freaking dope. Unbelievable. That guy's become. I hope he becomes enemy number one to everybody. I despise that guy after that. Despise well, him. Absolutely. I, 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 I was listening to talk radio all day. And as I said, when we first opened the podcast, that's been pretty much the main story on everybody's mind all day long. And that's been the major talking point Snell's comments. And from everybody that called in, it's hard pressed to find anyone who agrees with him. And there's people, like I said, Rob, there's people who agree with the sentiment of what he's saying, that they want to see the player get paid because for a lot of people, and I can't say they're wrong for it, for a lot of people, it's hard for them to come to grasp with the fact that they might have to side with the billionaires. They'd rather side with the millionaires rather than the billionaires. But the overwhelming majority of people are siding with the owners in this case, first of all, because the players have a face to them, so it's a lot easier to blame the players. You know, you're not going to blame Jim Crane with the Astros. You know, he doesn't have a face to him. It's easier to blame Lou now and Hinch because, or Bregman or the Correas or the Altuves of the world because they have faces. Nobody knows what Jim Crane looks like, so no one gave all the criticism to him. It's kind of the same in this instance. They're They're siding with the owners here because the players have a face to them. And listen, a lot of people may agree with the players and the sentiment of wanting to get their money, and I know a lot of the players probably agree with Snell. But my main point, and the main point of a lot of people who have called into talk radio, a lot of the hosts, a lot of people I've seen on television, they all agree with one thing in particular, to publicize it, to be dumb enough to come out and say it in a climate like this, with the state of affairs that's currently going on in this country, to come out and say that was mind-numbing, it was dopey, it was idiotic, it was tone-deaf, it was nauseating, it was disgusting. Andrew, what, what did I tell you? And in in when we first started this podcast, there's a few words that I used 
in in relation to the cheating scandal and and any sort of scandal it may be, but it, mostly with the whole astral thing and everything else. I always said, get out in front of it, be contrite, be humble. If Blake Snell just came out and said, listen, I'm scared to go out there. I'm risking my life out there. I'm still a young player. I haven't really created my niche there. I haven't made the big money yet. So if they give me my full pay, yes, I can understand having to go out there and, and risk my health to go out and play. If, if you word it that way and you're a little humble about it, everybody would understand. But to come out and, and, and sound the way he sounded and, and use the words the way he did, that's here's what made Rob, it. The only that's quote. What, here's the only quote you need to know about what he said. No, I got to get my money. I'm not playing unless I get mine. That's the only sentence you need to read. Yeah. To come up with it, to find out where that statement was coming from. It wasn't yeah. coming from a place it's of just, humility. It wasn't right. coming That's from a place of Be concern. Humble. It was coming humility. from a place of greed. Oh, God, it's disgusting. Again, there's certain ways you could have went about it. And he didn't go about it the right way. And you know what? He'll backtrack, I'm sure, tomorrow because he's going to get so much backlash. Well, he tried you know to already. He, he tried to already and uh, he failed. He just reiterated Too the same late, thing. Buddy. He's done. He'll play baseball, but he's done in the eyes of, 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 of public opinion to any fan. I hope he gets booed for the rest of his life every time he steps out on the mound. He's a disgrace. A disgrace. Like I said, walk into a COVID-19 unit and, and go see. Yeah, go, go ahead. Go see who's risking their lives now. Dope. Yeah. And the more I think about it, I, I, I just get, oh, my God, does that anger me in the worst way? Well, yeah, here, here's what I'll say. As much as I would absolutely love to move on from this and go to a much happier story, I have a story we can get to, but it's not so happy, especially for you as a Giants fan. Uh, oh, yeah. I mentioned it in the open. DeAndre Baker and Quinton Dunbar of the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, there's warrants out for their arrests. Uh, TMZ broke the news. Law enforcement confirms that Giants cornerback DeAndre Baker is facing four charges of armed robbery and four charges of aggravated assault with the firearm. According to police, the two men were partying in uh, Miramar, Florida on May 13th, and things took a disturbing turn. They were playing cards and video games, and an argument broke out. Baker whipped out a semi-automatic firearm. The cops say that the men began to rob party guests, with Dunbar assisting in taking watches and other valuables at the direction of Baker. So it seems like Baker was the directive and the ringleader of this whole assault. Uh, nobody was shot, even though there was loaded firearms. And the cops say that the men made out with more than 7000 in cash, along with several valuable watches, an $18,000 Rolex, a $25,000 Hublot, and a pricey Audemars Piquet timepiece. Well, Baker, Baker told the third guy who was wearing a red mask to shoot someone, but the guy didn't shoot the person. Listen, if TMZ is reporting it, it's on the money because TMZ really pays for their sources. So TMZ is not going to report something like this, and it's not going to be truth. This is truth. And let me tell you something. This is disturbing. This is disturbing. And you know what? This isn't going to be his first go around doing something like this. You just all, all of a sudden just decide to, you know, face charges of armed robbery and, and aggravated assault. This isn't your first go around. So I wonder what the Giants were investigating when they drafted him. I mean, you know, this is very, very disturbing. These are two young men, you know, uh, just 
basically, you know, especially the Giants, they just drafted Baker last year. And all, and although he sucked this past season and he had a lot of lazy play, he did not play well. And I don't think the Giants were happy with him. But for something like this, let me tell you something. This is serious. These are some serious charges. These are charges where you're going away for a, you're going away for a long time if, if, if this is truth. And I'd have to think that this is truth. So the, uh, you know. the Giants issued a statement, all they said, which they had to for PR. Oh, they can't PR say reasons, much. But they said, we are aware of the situation. We have been in contact with DeAndre, and we will have no further comment at this time. So, it's very and you disturbing. Could tell, you could tell by that, sh- you know, a lot of times the, the preliminary statement by a team when they find out of allegations against a player or something of that sort, usually they're short, sweet, and to the point until they go through their full investigative process. But with a statement being that short, you could tell the Giants were caught completely out of left field with this. I'm guaranteeing you tomorrow he'll be released. He'll be cut. I'm guaranteeing you he will be cut. Guarantee. It, because there's enough... There's so much specific information out there right now about this. And again, like I said, TMZ is not reporting fake news. That is not happening with TMZ. It's just not. They pay, they pay people a lot of money to get these types of stories. So I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of truth to this. I'd be shocked if there was no truth to this. I'd be shocked if there was some sort of, you know, misunderstanding. This is just... I mean, are they talking about the, that uh, Baker and Dunbar were a few days earlier? They were in Miami, and they lost $70,000 doing what nobody said, but they evidently was a high-stakes card game. So, so much for social distancing with these guys. I guess that wasn't happening. So, you, you, know, you want to hear something pretty crazy? So, I just see this on Twitter. Apparently, Quentin Dunbar uh, was on a Zoom call with reporters this morning before this news broke. And I don't know the exact context of the conversation, but this is a quote from Dunbar literally this morning. Quote, you just want to feel wanted at the end of the day. I just hope to repay them with the way that I carry myself as a person. Yeah, uh, that's that's a great quote there, Quentin. <laughs> I tell you, I, I don't somebody, know what these young he kids... Goes, he goes, you just want to feel wanted, and somebody comments and says, he's wanted, that's for sure. <laughs> And, and from what you from what you read, they say that people at the party feel like it was a planned robbery. They felt like this was planned. You know, they said because they were, they were done taking getaway. When they were done taking the valuables, they took three cars too. They stole three getaway cars. It was a Lamborghini, a Mercedes Benz, and a BMW that they took. Yeah, it's uh, so. That's that's you know where arrest warrants well, have been issued. Just... Some of these kids just don't change. I mean, they, they come from rough beginnings, and a lot yeah, of times it, get it, it. it's tough to shake it from I, I them. I get it. I get it. It's very, But it's very disturbing to hear this, you know. Absolutely. Two young kids in the NFL, man, you know, making their mark. You know, Baker, like I said, is a first-round pick. And, I, you know, I, I just terrible. It's a terrible story. Very disturbing story. But you know what? So be it. It is what it is. It's, but, you know, you see something like this, you know, you look and you say, man, and like I told you, Andrew, this ain't going to be their first go around. You know, you just don't all of a sudden one day just decide that you're going to start, you know, robbing people, uh, you know, at gunpoint. I don't think this is their first go around. You got to wonder. And like I said, I, you got to wonder what the hell the Giants will be questioned now doing their due diligence when they actually traded up and back into the first round to get DeAndre Baker, you know, who, went, who came out of Georgia. I mean, you know, so 
Yeah, more to come on this, but it's going to be interesting. But I, I have to feel there's a lot of truth to this right now. So it's a shame. It's a shame. So I wanted to bring this up to you. So, you know, obviously there's not a lot going on. Um, DeAndre Baker and Blake Snell, both for the wrong reasons, provided us with a lot to talk about tonight. Yeah, negative, negative talk. It's terrible. But with uh, with not a lot going on, you know, you, you tend to get the creative juices flowing and come up with, you know, ideas for things to, to talk about or maybe segments. And I have an idea for something fun. And we're on the air. I figured I'd get your genuine reaction on the air. I don't want you to sugarcoat it. If you think it's silly and you wouldn't be you know interested, me, I don't me sugarcoat. I, I'm not one with sugarcoating. <laughs> I, I know I know you aren't, believe me. And I'm not either. If the last seg- if the opening segment with Blake Snell told you anything, it's that I'm not we don't play around. We don't play around. So here's a here's an idea I have, and I figured we could probably bring Tommy back on because this would be a lot better with three people than it would with two. It would add more intrigue to it. So a lot of people are coming up with these, you know, ideas for different brackets, obviously, and you know, different lists and things of that nature. Well, Evan, so with- Evan Roberts is doing that with Joe Benigno. They've been doing that. They've been doing it like the uh, the worst things that Joe Benigno as a fan has had to face. Being yeah, a Jet yeah. fan, I, a did, fan. I saw and that bracket these, on Twitter. They, it's funny. They're doing all these negative brackets that they're, 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 they're matching up and competing against. It's pretty funny. So, and it actually, you know what actually brought me to this conclusion to have this segment was you last night mentioning that you had a fantasy baseball draft. Yeah. So I was yeah. thinking, yeah. I was thinking what we could do is me, you, and Tommy could get together and do an episode. And we could have a baseball fantasy draft. But what we would do is we would only draft players from the Mets or the Yankees over the past decade. And we would take 10 position players. We'd take three starters. We'd take two relievers. And we would compare team, maybe put a vote or a poll out on social media. People could vote as to who they think has the best team. And we go from there. What are your initial thoughts on that? that? I, I like it. That's actually something we should do with the four major sports. We should do that with the with the Jets and the, and the Giants. Well, Rangers, Islanders, Devils, Knicks, Nets, and Mets, Yankees. Why not do with the four of them? So you know what? I thought of football too, and and the thought crossed my mind and immediately left my mind because I thought about it. Okay, let's go by position. Quarterback. Well, you're not going to pick a Jets quarterback. You're going to pick Eli Manning. So right well, off the bat, you're still going to you're still going to pick some Jet plays. I mean, I could pick Curtis Martin. Right, know, right, as a right. running back, I could pick uh, Altoon as a wide. But how many years you want to go back on this? Um, for the Jets and Giants, I, I would say probably you have to you, say twenty five. You have to go back years. a little further than, than recent memory because you obviously go, you have I mean, to what, go back twenty five. When was years. the Giants' last Super Bowl? Was what nine years ago? Well, two thousand eleven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so nine years ago. So that's yeah. that's the last relevant team where you'd have a lot of people that you'd want to draft. So you'd have to go back further with the football. But I think for the Yankees and Mets, you could probably build a pretty damn good team for the last decade. You could even extend it further to 20 years, and you could do that too. But would that be something that, that floats your boat you think would be yeah, a fun that's little thing? Yeah, that's something we'd have to take. A, you know, we'd probably have to take a couple of weeks. So, well, we, what we would do is we would do one show with the baseball, one show with the football, one show with the hockey, one show with the basketball. Because right. it would take a little bit of time to 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 uh, to dissect exactly why we picked these guys. Right, right. You know what I mean. And I so, could, I could kind of be the uh, you know I could be the moderator. We'd all you know. So let's say first pick you know Yankees and Mets. First pick I take let's say Derek Jeter, and then I would set my timer and say, all right, Rob, you're on the clock. I'd give you a minute, and then you'd pick your guy, 
And I mean, that would take up a whole episode and we probably have a, we'd probably have a ton of laughs and I think it would be something fun that we can do because there's not a lot going on right now. So you got to be creative. That's something we got to go back into, uh, into the baseball reference uh, uh, website and and look at all the rosters from each year. I mean, the baseball, you know, you probably would have to do different timelines for each, each team. I would have to think like Jets, Giants, maybe you can go back. Well, let's figure. Well, let's let's put it this way. Let's let's just go from the turn of the century, from the year two thousand forward. That's it. Yeah, That's there what you we go. would do. That, so that we would go from the turn actually. of the yeah. century. You would have to go from the turn of the century. There'd be some interesting. I, I already thought of one off the bat already with the Mets and Yankees, Piazza or Posada. You know, things like that. There, right. There'd be arguments. You know what I mean? Well, so, here's the th- here's the thing too is because but, it, let's let, let's say I take Piazza and you were to take Posada. Then who would Tommy pick as his catcher? Right. I mean, you know, because you have, have, you have two studs at a position, it would make it difficult for the third person. It would make it interesting. But at the same time, you'd also have to see where they did their damage the most. You know, like Piazza came to the Mets in what, 98? I think it was 98. Yeah, 98, he came to the Mets. So, you know, you, you have to look at that timeline as well. You know what I mean? I mean, they they might have been they might have been a, a great play with them from the year 1996 to the year 2003. But it doesn't it mean it was their best player at that position for the entire century. For his past 20 years, right? You not, know nece- what I mean? not necessarily. Not necessarily. Kind of have to dissect. That's why. That's why it's gonna. T- it'll take a little time, but we ha- we'd have to dissect the rosters. We we have to do is go. We'd have to decide what sport we're gonna do first. And then, and then dissect all the rosters by position. I mean, you want to get into offensive line and things like that, too, like for football? Well, like I said, baseball was the first thing that came to mind because I figured there's a boatload of players that well, would we potentially gotta, be drafted. Well, we got to do the four sports. If we're going to do this, we got to do the I didn't sports. give as much thought to the other sports. So those are all details that could be ironed yeah. out the more and more yeah. we think about it. But right we, off the cuff, do I don't do really know exactly. But for baseball, I figured – I mean, for – this is, like I said, what I came up with for baseball that I think would be good as far as drafting a team would be to uh, take 10 or 11 position players. You figure you got the eight guys in the field and maybe three bench players. You take three starting pitchers and, and two relievers or three starters and three relievers. And then that's your team. Than, I think we'd have to take what we'd have to do would be to take uh, the you, you, we would take eight position players and then maybe we would take, cause it's tough. You know, you're going to be leaving guys off that shouldn't be left off. And you know, now here's my problem in baseball. If we're going to do it, if we're going to do it from the year 2000, you know, a guy like Paul O'Neill, who pretty much made his mark for the Yankees in the mid nineties to the, just about the turn of the century. You know what I mean? 2000, 2001, 2002. Can you include them on that team? It's tough because if we're going to do this, we got to have a certain guideline to it. Right. You know, it's got, it's got to be, it's got to be some sort of sustainability that they had coming from the turn of the century. Right. You know what or, I mean? Or they had to have played a minimum number of years within right. the century. Right. With, with we, so we, we should, we should probably, we should probably put it where they had to play a minimum of at least five years at the turn of the century for this, for a certain team. Right. You know that's what I think would be fun? What time is it right now? It's 9.15. Tommy's awake, isn't he? 
I, I don't know with Tommy. He might he might be sleeping. You think so? Yeah, you know what I'm sleeping. gonna do? I think this would be fun. I am gonna I'm gonna shoot Tommy a text while we're on the air, see if he gets back to me. And I'll call him on speakerphone and I'll see what he thinks about the idea. And Hold maybe on. he has he loved he, it. I'm gonna are you gonna you wanna shoot him a text ready. or you I'll want me to do it? I'll shoot, I'll shoot him a text right now. Okay, cool. I'm not going to be it, Ask him if he's awake and if I could give him a call real quick. And then I'll put him on speaker and, and we could see. I'm seeing a lot of people on Twitter, by the way, Rob, that are a lot of teams, a lot of uh, reporters, former players are uh, all sending their prayers out to Art Howe. It doesn't look like he's in very good condition at all because uh, we're seeing an outpouring of support now. Uh, that's terrible. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, Odd House probably has to be what his seventies. How old is Odd House? He's got to be in his seventies, at least. At least his seventies. At least his seventies. I mean, he was the he was the Mets manager. I know that he was with the Oakland A's as well. I mean, he was the manager during the time where they made the movie Moneyball. He's seventy three years old, Odd House. Nineteen forty six. I mean, listen, he's in ICU, but let's let's hope for the best. He was born. He was born in. Oh, he's seventy three years old. I mean, he's still a young man. I mean, that's what I'm saying. This thing is is what you got to watch. You got to watch. Right. And now, how old did you say Dusty Baker was? Well, they say he's seventy. Well, they say you know they they also have a quote here. Forty nine minutes ago, ESPN put out a quote from Odd House. He's, he's in ICU, and he said never experienced anything like it before. How, Odd how told the uh, station KPRC two channel two so, and he's describing coronavirus symptoms. So maybe he's okay. Maybe he's he's in ICU, but maybe he'll be okay. So let's let's pray for Odd how. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's uh, and you know this has been this way from the very beginning. I know there's a lot of people, and I think I was one of them. I think I downplayed the severity of the virus when it first started, and a lot of people finally realized how serious it was. But I think once once you are able to put a name or a face to it, you know, you hear all these numbers about the amount of people that are being hospitalized. And while it's a little bit earth shattering, the numbers, you can't put a face to it. It doesn't really hit home or affect you. But once there's a famous person or a family member that ends up contracting it, I think it kind of opens your eyes and, and gives you a different perspective of viewing it because you finally, you know. When, when there's just these people that you don't know and these numbers are just accumulating, it really doesn't mean as much to you when someone that you know or a popular name ends up contracting it. You know what I mean? Like when we were on the air when when this thing first started taking off and we were hearing that the numbers were going up and we were hearing this in China and Italy and in the U.S. And then once you heard Tom Hanks, it was kind of like, whoa, wait a second, right? And then Rudy Gobert and everyone was like, whoa, now, now athletes are getting it. And it, you know, it was weird. It was weird. It really it has changed no boundaries. No, not at all. No, no answer from Tommy yet, and I and I am just shooting a mass text right now. Yeah, I, I did send Tommy a text too. I figured both of us maybe if he heard his phone ring more than once, he would think it was urgent, and he'd wake up out of his Star Wars slumber. Oh, here he comes now. I'm seeing the bubbles. Oh boy. Oh uh, wait, wait. I'm seeing some bubbles. So he's responding. What the f- <laughs> what the f? He puts LOL. Do you want to call him? I'm gonna Are you give gonna him a call. I'm going to, I'm going to tell call. him, Andrew calling you now. I'm going to tell him, Andrew calling you now during the episode. We on podcast. Hello. Hey, Tommy. Oh, there he is there. What's going on? All right. I need you to do me a favor. <laughs> I need you to keep it clean because we are on the air right now. We're recording episode 
18 of Four Score the Podcast, and we have a question for you. Uh, what's up? What okay. you got? All right, so not a lot going on. We, we had some things to talk about today with Blake Snell's comments and the MLB proposal, but with not a lot going on, I figured that I'd come up with a creative idea for a little segment. And we figured having you on would be great because the more the merrier. So what Rob and I were thinking, we were we might do it with the four major sports, but the main idea I came up with was baseball. The three of us would have sort of a fantasy draft, and we would only be able to draft players from the Mets or the Yankees since the year 2000. So you draft maybe 10 or 11 position players, you draft a couple starting pitchers, you draft a couple of relief pitchers, and we would compare teams, maybe put a poll out on social media and see who, who people thought had the best team. Is that something that you would be be all for? Yeah, I'll do it. I'll bring it on. See, he wasn't as excited as I was hoping for, Rob. Because I'm telling you, he was sleeping. That's why. He's sleeping. <laughs> you, you know what it is? He, tell, tell him I said he's in a Mountain Dew coma. That's what it is. You know, give away. You know, I'm ready to go. I'll, I'll, I'll stop studying right now for this. See, okay, so here's the thing. So I have I have headphones in, so you can't hear what Rob was saying. What Rob said before was that he told you to wake up out of your Mountain Dew coma and get excited. It's, it's funny. I'm drinking a big glass of Mountain Dew right now with 20 piece chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> he knows you well. He knows me very well. All right. I mean, he's texting me now. He's cursing at me on text right now. I, I, I can feel the vibration on the phone. Yeah, that we were both mass texting you because we wanted your answer because we were about to wrap up the episode, but we wanted to see if because we needed to find a third host. If you weren't for it, we needed to find you know we needed to come up with a contingency plan. I'm in. I'm in. Anything, anything for the show, you know. See. Well, you told a, you told him we're doing the four sports. We're going to do the four major sports. Tell him. Yeah, we're gonna do baseball. We'll do baseball first, I guess. Okay, hold and, but on. But then we're second. gonna we're gonna get into the other sports too. We want to do the four, I want to do the four major sports, and we're gonna do this. Let's do okay. the four major sports. Okay, okay. See, this this it kind of confused me a little bit because, like I said, I have headphones in. So when Rob is talking to me, he, um, you know, you can't hear him, Tommy. But what he said is that we're gonna do the four major sports too. But you know, we'd obviously do them on different episodes because it would be time consuming. So we could do it with the Jets and the Giants. We could do it with the Knicks and the Nets. We could do it with the Rangers, Islanders, Devil. You know, whatever you want to do. But uh, baseball was the first one that came to my mind. It's it, it's fu- it's a fun exercise because I feel like there'd be a lot of laughs. There'd be a lot of guys to go through. There'd be an, a, a lot of discussions about who we thought was better and what era we thought they were better in. And with nothing going on really news wise, it'll uh, you know it's a, it's a blast from the past. Tell tell them we're gonna do it from the year two thousand. Yeah. So from the year 2000 until 2020, with all the four major sports. All right. Sounds good. When are we going to start doing this? Oh well, you know, you have such a busy schedule and so many prior commitments. We got to make sure that you're free. (laughs) (laughs) So busy, but I'll I'll make time for this. Don't worry. All right. Well, we'll iron out the details. We just wanted to make sure that you were in for it. I'm in. Anything for the show. Anything to get the show to the next level. You know. Perfect. I love it. Well, we'll talk to you soon, Tommy. All right, boys. All right. See you. Easy as cake. Look at that. I told you he was drinking Mountain Dew. That's his favorite thing in the world. That's his go-to? He he loves Mountain Dew. So so what did he say? He was drinking Mountain Dew, and he was eating a 20-piece McNugget. 20-piece chicken McNugget, yeah. You know what the third thing he was doing? He was probably ironing out the details for a nice Korean baseball parlay tonight. 
Oh no, he he had he hit a parlay, Tommy. He hit, he's crazy. He he's he he hit two eleven team parlays last year within two weeks. Eleven teams. And so, how much did that pay out? It paid out a lot. A lot. Yeah. It paid. Out. I'll let him. But maybe when he comes on again, he'll he'll it, two eleven team parlays. He sent me the receipts. I seen the whole thing. So you know. Tommy ain't gonna lie. He, Tommy's not a liar. So no, you know what? You know. I, I actually I, on his I, I see on Tommy's Instagram page in his bio it actually says two time eleven team parlay winner. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's got a lot of Amazing. things going for him, Tommy. Six time Emmy winner. He did that within, two, did that within two weeks. He did it within two weeks. Unreal. But he was betting. He he had wait. He he wound up. He, he's funny, Tommy. He wound up betting. He he was betting parlays with the UFC fights and Korean baseball. <laughs> God, he's you know, and he's he wound up winning one of the parlays and and he and he and he hit it and it was it's so funny. He's a funny guy, Tommy man. But I tell you what, he he knows his stuff, man. He really does. He 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 does a lot of study. Yeah, this is him. So he hits a, a five team parlay. He hits Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaith, uh, UFC. Yeah, Ferguson he hits lost. Henry yeah. Henry Cajudo versus Dominic Cruz. Francis, oh this, see, this is bad because you're making me pronounce names right now. That I, Francis <laughs> Ngoku versus this is our Jer- favorite part of the show. I feel, I feel like John Minkle right now versus Jaronzo Rosenstruck, Kelvin Cata versus Jeremy Stevens. That was easy, and then he hits the KT Wiz at the Dusan Bears. For his winner, and he he he's, he texts me and he writes that he wins the parlay because it was it was thirteen the final score was thirteen twelve and eleven innings they blew a seven three lead a ten seven lead and an eleven nine lead then fell behind eleven ten but they won on back to back Taylor made double play ball errors by the second baseman on the other team the game the game ended at five thirty in the morning. <laughs> See, I was gonna say that's 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 crazy too because that was the that had to be the last leg of his parlay because the fights were all over with and that game was going on at the wee hours in the morning. Oh my god, it's so funny! What a guy. See, you know what? Next time I go to Atlantic City, maybe I gotta take him with me. No, he's and, not and, and, and not lose not, my money. He's not an Atlantic City guy. That's he's not that. Tommy is he? I tell you, he does a lot of studying with this stuff. I mean, listen. Every every gambler is always going to tell you about their winnings. They don't tell you about their losses. But he he those two eleven team parlays I'd never seen that before in my life. And he hit two of them in two weeks. Yeah, it was that's crazy. Unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Insane. Yeah. You, you know what? It hit eleven team parlays twice. You did it in two weeks. I mean, he sent me the snapshots of his account. It was crazy. So funny. But yeah, he knows his stuff, Tommy. Tommy definitely knows his stuff. He definitely does his studying. So. But, you know, uh, it's, it's funny. I'm listening to the fun. K show this afternoon. I like that idea. I like that idea you came up with. That'll be I, fun. I think it'll be fun. So I'm yeah. listening to the K show this afternoon, and they had on Boog Shambi, and he's actually calling these Korean baseball games, and he's doing it from home off a monitor. So, oh, okay. Seen, who who's doing it? Who, who's uh, doing it, you said? Uh, Boog Shambi. Oh, because I see he's, he's one of I, them. I think there's a couple guys doing it. I think Carl Ravage might be doing them too. Ravage and Eduardo Perez were doing it also. I seen right. them doing it. Right. Yeah. But he's do, the funny part is, is that 
you know, like you said, the ga- the games don't end till five thirty in the morning, or they start at three in the morning. And Boog Shambi is calling them off a monitor in his house, and he lives in like an apartment building in Manhattan. So Kay was asking him, like, dude, like, do your neighbors complain when you're screaming, like, home run, it's out of here at like five thirty in the morning yeah. with thin walls? Like, <laughs> I just find it funny that they have the cardboard cutout sitting in the seats, yeah, behind that- the catcher, behind the screen. <laughs> <laughs> That's they fun. have cardboard cutouts. I'm like, you know, I, I, I mean, I guess you, you know, you don't want to see an empty seat. I get it, but you know, I tell you, they actually, as a matter of fact, they started letting fans in in a limited capacity in Taiwan, I believe, in their baseball league. They started letting fans in, but they capped it at like a thousand people, I guess. If there's fifty thousand that fit, I guess they were only letting in a thousand, and they were doing comprehensive screening and temperature checks on the people that came in and they obviously had to wear masks and, and stay apart. Um, and, and I actually read something on Twitter halfway through the show, and this is actually a perfect time to bring it up. The, the NFL people and sources within the league have spoken to some reporters and they've said that nothing is really off the table. And that's something that they might be thinking about where they might let only a certain number of people in. And you have to wonder, maybe they don't lose as much revenue well, first of all, if you're selling some tickets as opposed to none, that's less revenue that you're going to be losing. But also, if there's only a select number of tickets, those prices are probably going to skyrocket even more. And and, and with not as many people having disposable income with what's going on, who's going to be able to afford the tickets if the price goes up because there's only a limited, limited number of seats that are allowed? Yeah, you know, it's just – listen, it, it's every one of these sports, Andrew, right now, you know – the. Far be it from us to worry about what they're going to be making next year, but it's going to be an interesting situation when you have the NBA, the NHL, and the NFL that have these these salary caps. You know, I, I mean, it's going to be very very interesting because these salary caps, you you don't know where they're going to go with them right now. There's no revenue yeah. stream coming in. Uh, it's boy, I, it's just. I don't know where it's going to go, but, you know, what are we going to do? I guess I have to worry about it when I worry about it. But, um, Well, there was another article that was written today. Uh, I believe it might have been Bleacher Report. And um, a source that's close to an owner said that, um, and this isn't a quote, but he basically said, like, you know, say goodbye to free agency next year. You know, a guy oh, like Mookie, Mookie Betts yeah. is in the open market expecting 25 to $30 million a year. No. Like, where is that money coming from? No, he's going to have to t- just take a one-year deal at probably limited amount of money, uh, unless somebody wants to pay him. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, you know, and not only that, but you have to see what's going to happen come, come next season. Uh, if this virus, you know, if there's no vaccine or something that could, you know, fight this 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 virus in some way, I, yeah, I, it's. These players are going to have a dose of reality, and I hope they're prepared for it. I hope, you know, they, they don't get greedy, and I hope they, you know, they're just thinking about, the, you know, the long-term uh, um, plan f- for the sports right here. And I don't think they will because, you know, the problem is the agents. You get a dope like Scott Boris coming out, and he's worried about, you know, the money and everything else. But at certain times, you got to just take a step back and worry about society, man. Just worry about people. Worry about people. My God, you're a gazillionaire. You got money. You you have enough. You have enough to support yourself for a few years. I'm sorry, maybe you can't live in your $50 million mansion. Maybe you have to downsize to a $25 million mansion. 
I apologize for that. I mean, come <laughs> on, man. Yeah, I mean, seriously, there are people that there are people that might be living on subway platforms now that that were living in homes, anything like that, anywhere around the country or around the world. Hey, come on, yeah. hey, just have a heart. God damn, have a heart. But yeah, all right. Let's. You know what? So I'm going to start doing my studying for this. Uh, we'll, we'll take a little time. You know, we have enough time to do this. So this will be a little. This will be some fun. I like this idea. I like it. Well, I guess we're going to start with the baseball first. Yeah, yeah. That okay, we'll start, we'll start with the baseball, with the baseball first. first. And I figured what we could do because I, like I said, I put more thought into the baseball than I did with the other sports. So I figured if we do the baseball first, then uh, we could see how it goes, and then we can, you know, modify and iron play. out details for the other ones. It'll yeah. be fun. We'll have a lot of fun with it. I think. Yeah, you know, it'll be a lot of fun. Why not? You know, you got to find something. So this will be fun, especially that you know. I, to do it the last 10 years is tough. I mean, I'd have to think if you could do it from the year 2000 forward, you'd probably get a little bit more content involved and we can make some lists, you know, and narrow it down. It'd be a little, it'll be some fun. Yeah. We'll have a little banter going back and forth with that. So that'll be have, good. We, we have the group chat between you, I, me, you and Tommy from, yeah. from draft. So yeah. we can, you know, we can iron out the details from there. And oh, yeah. um, like I said, we'll, we'll put it out on Twitter whenever that's going to be. And then we'll, you know, I, can easily put out a poll. People who listen can vote on who they think has the best team, or they can text us and let us know. We'll 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 tally up something, and yeah, you know, we'll have a lot of fun with it. Listen, there's not much else going on, so any any creativity that comes our way, I'm gonna take it and run with it. And that that just kind of happened to pop up in my mind after you mentioned your draft last night. I, I know a lot of the country loves NASCAR racing, and and NASCAR is gonna start. What is it? The 15th, uh, May 15th. There's a NASCAR race, so. They'll have NASCAR, and, you know, NASCAR's probably, with the exception of the pit crew, which I'm sure they'll be, you know, they'll have their masks and gloves and everything else on that they need, you know, to protect themselves. You know, NASCAR can go on, uh, you know. Um, and, the and you know, actually, NASCAR might be a little bit safer if the cars stay six feet away from each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't have those catastrophic crashes or anything. Right. But, uh, you know, you can get that back. Like I said, a lot of the country loves that. The UFC, I think they fought again uh, last night or they were fighting tonight, the UFC. So they're putting on some fights. So you have that, uh, you know, and we'll see. Maybe little by little we could have something going on. But, you know, my friend, uh, my friend Chris Marini sent us a thank you because he works in the hospitals and, you know, we gave a shout out to him. That's Tommy's cousin. He's a very yes. good friend of mine. He, uh, his parents are good friends of mine. I love them. They're good people, too. So uh, he uh, sent a text and he really deeply appreciated us thanking him and, you know, giving us a giving him a little shout out on on the on the podcast. So, uh, you know, as I always end these these shows, just, you know, thank all your first responders, medical personnel, nurses, doctors, technicians, anybody that were and administrators, anybody that works in the hospitals, all the frontline people, whether it be NYPD, FDNY, Department of Sanitation, who's ever out in the forefront in front of this, people that work that are that are now sanitizing the subway stations to keep that clean. You know, all these people just, again, appreciate them today, tomorrow, for the rest of your lives. I reiterate it. I'll keep saying it forever. And you know what? Just boo Blake Snell every time he steps on a mound again <laughs> for go. the rest of your lives. There you go. That dope. So, you know, but again, you know, uh, my buddy Chris, uh, you know, thank you to him and everybody that works in these hospitals. You know, your yep. mom, uh, uh, you know, Lisa, you know, that we know, your mom's friend, my friend, Gina's friend, your friend, all our friend, 
But, uh, you know, thank God for all them and thank God for everything that they do because, you know, everybody takes it for granted. These people are walking into these hospitals with anxiety. I can't right. imagine having to walk in every single day, you know, just seeing it, no less. You know, we're shielded from a, from a little bit. I've been pretty much just me and my wife self-quarantined the whole time. And, you know, thank God we're able to work from home. And, you know, I go out to the stores. I don't let my wife go out to the stores. I do it. I want to do it. Let me do it. You know, I'll do that. And, you know, we go for our bike rides or whatever. But, you know, to have to walk into a hospital to see everything that's going on and to to go in with that angst and that anxiety every day because, you know, you're 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 walking in and, you know, you had covid patients there. So, you know, God bless them all, man. They're, they're yeah. doing an, an unbelievable service to all of us. And it all doesn't even it doesn't people. even have to be the people and I'm not taking anything away from the nurses and the doctors who deal with the patients because they do a phenomenal job. But it's not just limited to them. I mean, the minute you no, step foot in that building, the, you put yourself at risk. Yeah, well, you, you just you just walk up to the front desk just for information. You know, right. so it is my sister works. Uh, she works for uh, urgent care. You know, they have a rope day. You can't come within six feet. She goes in every single day. So God bless her, too. You know, every single day she's got to come home. She's got to take her shoes off outside, strip down, put everything in the laundry right away. It's a process. I mean, even going to the store is a process. I come home today. I strip down. I wipe down all the products I buy. You know, it, it's a process. But we have if we all just could adhere to that. And again, the nicer weather's coming along this weekend, Andrew. Please, everybody, if you're listening to this podcast, be smart. Do not take it for granted. We understand it's going to be nice weather. You can go out and enjoy it. Be smart. Wear the mask. Protect yourselves. If you have to wear gloves, wash your hands. You know, don't touch your face. All these little things. Just remember that. Do not take it for granted. Just don't think because it's nice weather you can do whatever you want to do. You cannot. Let's protect that. Let's protect society. So we'll protect ourselves. So um, I guess we can wrap it up now, Andrew. Do what you do, my friend. And uh, yep. this was a good episode. I mean, you yeah. know, unfortunately, we had a, you know, we had to start up with some negative stuff, you know, with the baseball and DeAndre Baker and Blake Snell and Scott Boris and all this. But, you know, hopefully if baseball decides to play, they come to a resolution as soon as possible, Andrew. And and they can get on with it and make plans to start playing and just God willing that they are all safe. Any See, of these athletes this quarantine, safe. this quarantine is making everybody toxic. We didn't have much happy discussion tonight. Everything was ripping no. everybody. Well, you know who's happy? How about who's the happy? Houston Astros? Are they oh, not yeah. happy that if, if if baseball does get played, they don't have to sit in front of fans? Well, Playing honestly, fans? To, to piggyback on that and to second that, Blake Snell probably too, because Blake Snell would be getting booed. Well, he, listen, he's gonna get his share though. He'll get. He'll, listen. He's going to get it worse than what the Astros would have got it because what the Astros did was cheap, but what he did was kind of, you know, yeah. cheat well, society. Listen, listen, both you and I can talk from experience. Sports fans hold grudges like none other. So and everyone like will him, remember what the Astros and Snell I'll hold did. a grudge against myself for the rest of my life. <laughs> you got, you, he, could, he could backtrack it all he want, that guy, but he said what he said, and he, and he continued saying it. You know, I, I listened to that segment with him. There was never one point where he just kind of was like trying to stop himself. He just kept on going on and on with it. So, but. so wait, I have a question for you now. Does does Snell now overtake Familia on the list of athletes that you wanted to beat the piss out of? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Even Luis Guillaume, he could back clean up for the Mets now, <laughs> and I'd be happy with it. <laughs> Blake Snell overtakes everything right now.
He's the guy that liked to beat the pulp out of dope. Oh, God. But Well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll throw a huge thank you out to uh, Chris Marini as well um, for listening, and thanks for all he does on the front yeah, line. Yeah, he's a I'll big reiterate. listener. He loves the show. He loves the show. Yeah, I'll reiterate everything that Rob says at the end of every episode for all the frontline workers. Thank you for all you do. Continue to stay safe. I uh, hope everyone is is financially stable and, and safe and sound and healthy and staying sane, staying positive during these crazy times. Um, real quick before we go, I know I said twice about your fantasy draft, but I didn't ask you. How did it go? Was it weird drafting, not knowing whether or not the season's going to even happen? You know, it, it, it was it, – it's it's – it's weird because, you know, I, I didn't agree with doing this draft. It's an NL only league and it's auction league. It's an auction. So, you know, this keepers involved and stuff like that. And me and my buddy Dom went partners in it last year. They needed an extra team. I had a friend of mine that's in my auction league that I do that asked me, oh, you guys want to get in? We said, ah, oh, let's just give it a shot. So it's an NL only league. It actually went very smooth. We had to do the auction online. That all went smooth. It's just, you know, I mean... What are you bidding on? Who knows what we're bidding on at that point? You know, who's playing baseball? We don't know who's playing. We don't know the NL teams that are aligned the way they are now, just a national league. We don't know if these this alignment's going to be different now, if they're going to realign everything. That's a good so point. Yeah, I didn't think know. of that, right? I, you know, but you know what? It passed the time away a little bit, you know. I made <laughs> I made one mistake. But not that I made a mistake, but, you know, we're bidding. And, and you know, sometimes you just want to up a bid because when you're putting a bid on a guy, sometimes you know he's going to go for more than what they're starting to bid at, and you just want to get going with it. So with my fat fingers, and plus I had two martinis last night before the draft, <laughs> Joey Vada was at like $7. And instead of hitting 16 I actually hit 26 <laughs> and And I see the time going down because it gives you a time at you know for the bids like you get 10 seconds and all of a sudden I happen to look up I see three seconds I start scrambling I'm like oh my god I'm trying to find a delete button before you know it Joey Votto $26 I'm like god damn they st- the guys the guys stopped the draft and and they were also doing a zoom at the same time I wasn't doing the zoom though and and they asked my friend my friend Dom was on the zoom though my partner they're like did you guys want to bid 26 so Dom, my my partner, texts me. I'm like, yeah, I bid 26. And then I was like, I didn't mean to do it. I bid 16. And these guys were like, well, we could take that back if you want. But my friend Dom was like, don't worry about it. We bid the 26. No big deal. You know, so that was pretty funny. But, you know, it it was just a little weird because, you know, you kind of almost disconnected from from the rosters right now. I mean, I haven't looked at rosters or anything like that. You're not looking at it because you're you're not thinking there's going to be baseball. You're not even looking at rosters. Yeah. I mean, I used to love, you know what I love? You know what I loved, Andrew? I loved waking up in the morning. I'd I'd get up in the morning. I'd go do my thing in the bathroom. And I'd sit there and just uh, go through Roto World, through all the sports, and get all the news. NHL, NBA, MLB, NFL. You know, you always have sports. You know, you can't even read that now. There's nothing to read. Right. You yeah. know, there's nothing it's, to read. It's the same old stuff every day. It just, they just, like even now, with the, I was reading some Rangers stuff. They're just going through, you know, the the, the first time the uh, uh, certain Rangers took pictures, the first time in a uniform, and they had Wayne Gretzky in the Ranger uniform. And I'm like, oh, man. Uh, Mark Messi in a Ranger uniform the first time. I'm like, this is the content they got to put out there. Yeah, you know, just putting all this stuff out there. But yeah, you know, what are you gonna do? It's 
you know, they're all struggling too for content or all these websites and Bleacher Report, Roto World, whatever it may be. So Roto Wire. But uh, yeah, so what are you going to do? Like I but, said, lucky for us though, we, we haven't, we haven't struggled, you know, like I said, it, it, it this idea kind of came up. I just kind of got the creative juices flowing because I figured at one point of another, it would probably become difficult to think of things to talk about. And, uh, you know, I got, I, I'm, I'm very happy that I got a good reception from both you and Tommy for this thing. Oh, I so love, we can get yeah, I love rolling like and it'll that. be fun. I love it. I love yeah. it. Well, you know what's good about it is that it'll carry us up for, for a few more episodes. If we do the four major sports and we just dedicate each show to that one sport, we're not going to, you know, it, it's it'll take too much, especially with baseball and stuff like that. It'll take too much time because we're going to dissect it. We'll right. dissect it. And then hopefully maybe people will reach out to us that will listen to the show and say, hey, you know, why'd you take why'd you take Ray Odonias over Derek Jeter? <laughs> <laughs> Rob, why did you bid $26 for Desi Relifant? <laughs> Oh my God! What a name that is! My God! Thank God you didn't say Ty Kelly or Eric Campbell. Eric Campbell. <laughs> Soup or, Campbell. Uh, I think I think with my first pick, I might snag Jack Reinheimer before he's off the board. You know who's pitching in the Korean Baseball League is Chris Flexen. I'm like, is oh he, my is God. he really? Hey, Wait, did they the they released him? Yeah, he's gone. He's pitching in the Korean Baseball League. I didn't know that they released yeah, him. I thought like, that he just yeah, wasn't not on, uh, on the forty man or whatever it is. He's on. He's on. Yeah, he's on. Uh, he's in the Korean Baseball League. Yeah. Interesting. Chris Flexen. So they did. We're not going to see him on a Mets mound anytime soon. Oh, that's for thank sure. God. I mean, they couldn't take familiar with them though. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't make it a package deal. Yeah. So. We'll wrap it up. We had a lot of fun as we always do, even though it was it was negative news for the most part. You know, we dissected it. We gave our opinions. We did what we love to do. Out there, that's major news stories that we reported. What are you going to do? Right. Right, 100%. So, uh, as I always say, stay in touch with my Twitter account, at AndrewMay underscore 21. Again, that's at AndrewMay underscore 21. Uh, I'll keep everybody posted with episodes, when they're going to be, uh, when they're out, what platforms you can listen, and we'll keep everybody posted with our little fantasy draft idea and, um, you know, what the logistics are going to be, and then we'll hold a poll afterwards. So, certainly something fun in this time of uncertainty that, that Rob – and I are going to do, and Tommy as well. We'll have the three of us do it. So um, as Rob said before, thanks to all the frontline workers, all the essential workers. Everybody stay safe, stay healthy, enjoy the nice weather this weekend, but be smart and stay safe. Our best regards go out to everybody who listens. Thank you for the continued support. Thanks for listening to this episode. For Rob Jufre, I'm Andrew May. Thanks again. We'll see you next time, guys.